Welcome to Room to Breathe, where you can inhale a spirit-filled thought that will inspire you to be at cause for positive actions and force you to exhale everything slowing you down from moving forward. When your back is up against the wall, remember to always create room to breathe. Hey, welcome back to Room to Breathe. I'm Mr. Jesse Watson Jr., your host, and I'm glad that you came back to join us. Remember, you can catch us every Sunday at 9 and at 4. And again on Wednesdays, right here, shout out to our crew, Rob Mack, on INeedAWordRadio.com. You can also catch us in the TuneIn app at I Need A Word Radio and anywhere that you get your podcasts, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, remember, we're here looking at the space in our lives between our maximized potential and our limits, where they kind of meet, sometimes clash, and understanding that breathing room could be the difference that provides the peace you need to make it another day. And so the idea, the concept behind this show every week, what we're going to uh, what we're going to look at and, and put out in front of us to kind of figure out how we're navigating our steps. Um, we have a trigger, just like we talked about before, but understand the breathing process. Your body creates carbon dioxide, and that carbon dioxide is the thing that forces you to exhale because you gotta get it out, right? And that's the whole thing. We're looking at the trigger within. What are the certain different things that happens in our lives that triggers a thought, triggers emotion, triggers anything that says, I need to get something out of me. And then once you get something out, you got to breathe in something. You got to bring something in to replace that negative and turn that into a positive so that you can move forward. And that's what we're doing here on this show. So the trigger this week is a family and the disconnect of the family. You know, the dynamics of the family has changed. Uh, any of us that's considered older, you know, by the millennials, 30s, 40s, whatever, that's, that's what they sometimes consider old. Uh, we still understand that there's been a dynamic change in the family. There's been a, a paradigm shift, if you will, in the family. And so we want to look at what is that and, and how did that happen? And the exhale moment for this week is what have we done to contribute to this disconnect? We've all done something consciously, unconsciously that we haven't been paying attention to. But we've all done something potentially that created a divide between the two generations. So what is that that we need to get out? And then what do we need to take in? How do we bridge the gap? How do we change the different perspectives in order to recreate that connection and get rid of the disconnect? So that's what we're looking at this week as our trigger and our, our exhale and our inhale moment, if you will. And so this week, we're looking at reaching back to move forward. And, you know, I love to break stuff down. So I will here again to extend yourself or to extend oneself. That's the reaching part to provide support back to progress towards the future. That's moving forward. So reaching back to move forward to extend oneself and the truth of the matter is in all of that love is what's really required so our main featured scripture for this week if you will is first corinthians 13 1 through 7 and then we'll go to verse 13 
And I want to just go ahead and read it out because sometimes you just need to hear some of it. You know, we've heard, especially if you've been to a million weddings, uh, you've heard some of this before. But here's what the Bible says is if I could speak all the languages of earth and the angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I can move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Watch this. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Watch this. Love never gives up, never loses faith is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And in verse 13 says, these three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And anytime Christ is involved, of course, there's love. Understand every week that, you know, we're not trying to be preachy, even though I am a preacher, right? But we want to approach this from a different perspective. And most of the time, it's going to be conversation. Sometimes we may get deep. Sometimes we're going to have people on to join us. You just never know. But anyway, this week, what we're looking at again is the family. Tom Eldridge had a quote that kind of helps. It says, the church as the bride of Christ seeks to perpetuate God's purpose on earth as it is in heaven. Then he goes on to say, therefore... As the family and the church are strengthened, they pass on the Christian heritage to future generations. As the family and the church are strengthened, they pass on the Christian heritage to future generations. So we're talking about reaching back to move forward. As the family is strengthened, they pass on the necessary things needed in order to make it. In order to have that firm foundation that the family was created on, God designed the family to reveal Christ, to reveal his love, to reveal his way to the world. What does that look like? Yet, here's where we are. Yet we find many of our families under the influence of society. And now we're going to dig in. We're going to tie into that. Many families today are failing simply because of disconnection from one generation to the other. Remember, that's our trigger, right? The older generation feels like the young folks have completely lost it and there's no hope for them. Sometimes just from looking, from different stuff we see on TV, a lot of times that's the concept, that's the thought. They look at how they wear their clothes, right? They look at the music that they listen to, and they feel like they can't compete to even get their attention, let alone teach them anything. So that's the thought process. That's what we're up against. Now, the truth of the matter is this. 
that most young folks are detached from what you feel is reality. Reality is what appears real to you. Actuality is what is. So think about that. Children can only be what they see. And in most of our neighborhoods, in most of our communities, in most of our families, there is more negative influence than there is good. And that's not all. So we say we want to say most in some of our neighborhoods and some of our families and some of the environments that we create. There's more negative influence than good. I know every time we cut on the TV and watch the news, I mean, it's a lot of negative that's happening around the world. So our young people are growing up looking for leadership. Truthfully, a lot of us considered old school, older folks are looking for leadership too. Somebody has to step up, but it's difficult to find. So for the young folks, they find it in the streets. They find it on television. They find it on the internet, on social media. They shape their reality by everyone else or by what everyone else is doing and as a result, they come off as disrespectful and rude. They come off looking like maybe they're lost, whatever, like they have no home training. That's the way that it comes off. And so, again, we're just shaping perspective here. In the same breath, the younger generation feels like the seasoned folks are so out of touch with what is in right now that they can't even relate to them. A lot of us don't even want to sit and listen to the music. We don't want to watch the shows. We don't want to hear the conversation because it's not what we're used to. So it will create an environment that's going to be hard to relate. So watch this. Their view is that the more seasoned folks' ways are old school, right? And don't apply today. And that's far from the truth. There's so many nuggets that young folks can get to help enhance what they're doing right now in their lives. And we can just create the space to make that happen. But they feel like they feel like the old older folks are looking down on them and have no faith in them at all. I mean, and if we're honest, because of the dynamics of our lives right now, some of the younger folks, they're, they're more sensitive, whether they want to accept it or not. Some of the younger folks are more sensitive to the way that they are communicated to, the way that people are treating them, because they're overexposed to so much stuff. But a lot of folks that's not taking the time to pause and breathe and, and really look at what's going on will miss it. So if one person creates trouble, then they feel like you think it's automatic for them. You see one person doing something, man, don't you go out and don't, you better not go do that. That don't mean that it's automatic for them, but that's the way that sometimes folks are making the younger generation feel. So we have to make sure we're conscious of that. This may not be the case for everyone. However, it does exist. And so the remedy for this is open communication. And more importantly, this is where a tight family unit comes in. A family that has love at its center. A family that has love at its center can withstand anything. Not just any kind of love. We're talking about a godly kind of love. Agape love. That unconditional love. Right? My friend, my brother, 
seven, the poet has a, a poem. You need to go check it out on YouTube. It's, it's called Love. It starts out, man, I love love. I love to love. I mean, and he go deep. To understand the concept of what we're talking about this week on this show, go to YouTube. Go find Seven the Poet and find this poem about love. But you're talking about that Madea, that Mama kind of love. That's, that's what we're talking about here today. A godly love will break down the barriers that are causing the disconnection and allow you all, right? Allow everyone to show a selfless kind of love to each other. That's, that's what we got to look at. A selfless kind of love to each other will allow you to live out the character qualities of God and how you approach God and each other. But we got to be willing to be in a position to do that. Now, you may be asking the question, just like Tina Turner heard one too many times. What's love got to do? Got to do with it. Right. We've heard that a million times. And the answer is everything. <laughs> That's the answer. Everything. Love has everything to do with. Watch this. The Bible says in Colossians 3.14, Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. It's right there. It says love is the perfect bond. That thing that's going to pull you together and and tie you up together, make you intertwine and lock in together in unity, in oneness. Love is. So you have to make the decision to show love one to the other, no matter the age, no matter the thought process, none of that. Love is not so much a feeling. It is more an action. Yeah, it's a feeling, right? But it's more an action. Think about it. With our significant other, we don't just want to hear, I love you. We want to see it in action. Our minds conceive it a lot better when we are convinced once we see it. We're convinced once we see it. My wife knows that I love her. Our anniversary is on Monday. I still need to want to do something to show that, to express that. Not that she needs it. I just feel like I want to express it so it'll be very clear. It'll scream out loud. Watch this. First John 3.18. Dear children, let us stop just saying we love each other. Let us really show it by our actions. So if anybody thought I was just making some stuff up, pulling it out the sky. No, it's right here in the Bible. 1 John 3.18, dear children, let us stop just saying we love each other and let us really show it by our actions. In order to bring the family unit together, to create a strong foundation, it is going to take everyone showing love one to the other. Love is incapable of being destroyed because love conquers all. Go read it. It's in the word. It conquers all. We sometimes, watch this, allow things to get in the way of love. And that creates the virus that attacks the family. That's the virus that attacks 
the family structure and it slowly eats away at the core. It slowly eats away at the foundation that the family was built upon. So we got to figure out how we lock that love in. So one of the things we got to look at as far as exhaling, some of the things that allow us are that we allow to get in the way. Some of those things are jealousy, envy, pride. You know, the Bible said pride comes before destruction, being rude. And watch this, never letting go of the past. That's just a few. Never letting go of the past. The text here is very clear that these things and love cannot coexist. So watch this, generally speaking, when you have one or two households mad with another, because of what they have or how they run their house. And all you do is talk about them. That plants that negative seed of possibly jealousy, of envy, among other things. It plants that negative seed within the family structure. Watch this. Jealousy is the fear of losing something that one possesses to another person. While envy, it's a little different, not much, but a little, a little different. While envy is the pain or frustration caused by another person having something that one does not have themselves. So I'm, I'm gonna go through that again. Jealousy is the fear of losing something that one possesses to another person. That's jealousy. Losing something that, to somebody else that you have or the fear of losing something. While envy is the pain and frustration caused by another person having something that one does not have. You see the difference? You see what that looks like? So if these two are planted in your family's garden, then they are notorious for breaking up relationships, especially families. I hope that this is helping somebody today. We just touching jealousy and envy. But they're at the core of the breakdown of foundations, friendships, families, business, whatever. They're at the core of that breakdown. The three most commonly named threats to the family are divorce, negative influences, and materialism. These are followed by, and this is just some of the reports, some of the things that I've read. Things like absentee fathers and, and families that lack stay-at-home parents. Those are some of the things that, that I've read. Now, do I believe and stand firm on that's absolutely it? No. A lot has changed. A lot is going on. There's uh, so many different things that are happening now that can create issues with the family. These are just a few. The common thread that is probably the root cause to all of these this I do stand on is the lack of communication as well as the lack of understanding. The lack of understanding each other, lack of understanding what love is all about, right? But the lack of communication and the lack of understanding each other. So instead of talking to each other, instead of talking to each other, many become so self-indulged, right? So involved in self that they seem out of touch. So what happened to the days of respect? Where did that go? When 
you were younger, right? Or even for some of your children. It just depends on who you are and how you were raised. But here's the thing. When we were younger and we were outside playing, we knew that we needed to be home before what? Before that streetlight came on. That was just a matter of respect. That wasn't fearful. That was respect. Now, it could have turned into a healthy fear, but still, that was respect. What about the big Sunday dinners where everybody joined together as a family? And then you have the elders of the family that will share stories of their youth. Man, that's where you start creating a core foundation of who you are and an identity of your family. What happened to those days? So before you knew it, everybody, when we had those times together, everybody was laughing and learning more about life, right? And more about where we come from. Again, firming up that foundation. What about, watch this, what about if you stayed out Saturday night you best believe what was going to happen. You was getting up going to church Sunday morning. If you can stay out all night Saturday, you can get them go to church Sunday morning. I mean, that, these are some of the things that we grew up on. Those were the days. And that is a part of real love, selfless love for one another. Because it was a healthy respect and it was firming up, creating foundation. It was setting expectations for you and for your family. And it was helping create core attributes within you and within the family that can be carried on throughout the lifetime. Paul here gives us a behavioral definition of love. He tells us how love behaves in relationships with others. Now this enables us not only to understand the nature of love, but to also give us criteria by which we can evaluate the spirituality of others. Not for us to judge others, because we don't need to get into that space, but for us to better understand who to model, right, or how to model, and who is truly qualified for leadership. Because everybody can't lead. Everybody can't jump out, stand out, be in the front. So when I read verses 7 and 8, I understand this about love. It never gives up. That's what we say. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful, endures through every circumstance, love never fails. That's what I understand. So listen to this. Philippians 1.27, it says, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. I say, man, no matter what you face with, no matter what's going on, remember who you are and whose you are. And act like you know. Conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, whether I'm there or not, if I just hear about it, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one person for the faith of the gospel. Now, we're talking about foundation. We're talking about reaching back, right, in order to get to a place where we can move forward, providing for the future. Man, that's a foundation. That's something that you can create and build. Paul challenged the Philippians to be steadfast, right? And that is the challenge for all families today. Let's focus on one important section of this text, and that is standing firm in one spirit, contending as one person. 
which basically means man to wrestle in company with. Sometimes we're going to have to go through it. That means if there's something going on, we have to stop. Like we said, we got to create room to breathe so we can figure out how to move forward. We have to. It means to stand together against the opposition, whether it is a person or circumstance, no matter what it is that's coming against you, stand together against it. When one hurt, the other feels it. We're talking about family. When one hurt, the other feels it and is there to help. You try to deflect whatever it is that's coming against the other. You stand together consistently in your relationship, protecting each other, protecting the family, protecting the core firm foundation that was created in order for your family to be able to stand. You want to stand together in solidarity. You want to stand together in unity and create that environment. When we stand together as a family, especially a Christian family, we can endure the fierce onslaughts of adversity and the subtle attacks right, of our spiritual enemy because it's going to happen on the regular. But when we isolate ourselves, which so many people do these days, or if we are abandoned by those who should be there to uphold us, we are more likely to fall. We got to stop abandoning our young folks. We got to stop abandoning each other. Not only do we have to stand together, we have to understand that you will have to tell them the truth. You have to tell them the truth. However, you have to do it in love. As same as Proverbs 27 and 6. We got to tell the truth. We just got to tell the truth in love. Some, it's, it's tough love. We season our words with grace when needed because you know who it is we're dealing with. But tell the truth. We can't play anymore. If we want to save the family, save the, the core of the family, we want to create a connection and get rid of the disconnection. We've got to be willing to tell the truth, but tell it in love. It is not always going to be easy, right? It's not. It's not always going to be easy. So we have to be open enough to understand that we will have to tell each other the truth always. The Bible says this. It says that we have to season our words with grace and we have to be willing to receive the words, knowing that they are laced with love and not harm or hate. We've got to be willing to receive what's coming our way, especially if you're giving it. you got to be willing to receive it. Sometimes my children, they say stuff, they tell me stuff back, and i got to be willing to receive it, understanding who it is that's giving them the message and knowing that it's laced with love, not with harm or with hate. Our young folks need to understand that if somebody older than you says, hey, hey, young blood, come here. Let me holler at you right quick. It's not somebody trying to tell you what to do. It's giving some sound advice that's laced with love, not with harm and hate. I wish everybody honestly could hear that, especially our younger people. We also have to earn the right. Watch this. We also have to earn the right to lovingly confront someone. It is not automatic. Just because you're older don't mean that somebody just automatically got to listen to you. Just because you're in a position that you consider power don't mean that it's automatic. It's earned. 
is not automatic and it does not apply to seniority at all. So in other words, we have to have a good track record in order to earn the right. It doesn't mean that you have to be perfect, right? Just striving for perfection. Like grandma, we talked about this earlier. Who is going to disrespect her? Man, I wish you would. And most families, I know my grandmother, I wish you would disrespect her. Some would rather deal with the police than to deal with me, my mama, or my dear. Some would rather deal with the police than they have to deal with her. And watch this. She didn't even have to be your mama or your madea. She could have been your friends. You still rather deal with the police than to deal with her. Most importantly, look at this. Colossians 3.13. It says, be gentle and ready to forgive. Ready to forgive. Forgiveness is a choice. It's not a feeling. You got to be ready to do it. Be gentle and ready to forgive. Never hold grudges. This is the Bible. This is not just Jesse talking. Never hold grudges. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. If he forgave you, who are you to decide you're not going to forgive somebody else? There is a willingness to do this, and you have to have it. You have to have it. You have to step outside of self, just as Christ did, in order to forgive, in order to want to forgive. Jesus Christ made the ultimate sacrifice for all of us. And there is no greater expression of love than his sacrifice for our lives. Jesus Christ gave all. He gave everything. He gave his all so that we can live. Think about that. You weren't even a twinkle in your mom and them eye. And I said mom and them, right? You weren't a twinkle in your parents' eye, yet he loved you so much that he died just to prove it to us. That's how much he loved us. He died, gave up everything just to prove to us how much he loved us. So we have to be open when a loved one comes to us to talk to us about us. I'm going to say that again. We have to be open when a loved one comes to talk to us about us. Because Jesus, when he died, he died and he gave everything. Knowing that some of you, some of us, would never even accept it. Some of us would never even accept the free gift that was already prepaid. But yet he did it anyway. We all have to get ourselves in a position where we're willing to be open. And we have to be open when loved ones, people coming in love, to talk to us about us. Families have to stand together and they gotta stand firm if they're going to stand the test of time. We have to understand what that looks like. So watch this, I'll give an illustration. It's illustrated, there is this illustration by the flowering, by the towering, I'm sorry, by the towering fir trees of Washington State. So some years ago, a violent windstorm went through the area and many of the trees in that area that were standing by themselves were blown over. But those that grew tightly together in the forest did not fall because, watch this, they were strengthened by their intertwining roots. 
They were able to withstand the strong winds because of their intertwining roots deep beneath the ground, under the surface. Their roots were intertwined. They were locked in together. They had that bond that we talked about earlier. So they were intertwined together and they were able to withstand the strong winds. What they couldn't do by themselves, they were able to do together as followers of Jesus Christ, as those who say that they love them and want to live by the word. We need each other. We have to stop going through life feeling like we can do everything by ourselves. That's eating away, tearing away at the core of the family, at that firm foundation. The Apostle Paul told the believers in Philippi to stand firm and to help one another as they face adversity. We too are to join arms and hearts. We got to have that intertwining roots that we just talked about, offering encouragement and hope and our struggles, we need that. We may not know when a fellow family member, a friend or whatever is being tossed around by the strong winds of adversity. We may not know that, but we do know this. When we stand together, we're better able to withstand the storm. When we stand together, just like the Pointer sisters used to say, we are family. I mean, I, just, I used to hear that all the time. And we need to understand that. And it's about time that we all start acting like family. So just understand that and don't forget that. These fir trees in Washington State were able to withstand the storm. They were able to withstand everything because they're intertwining roots. Deeply beneath the surface that bonded them together. What they could not do by themselves together they were able to do. So I hope that this helps. Again, this is another show for room to breathe. And again, today we talked about the family. What do we need to do to reach back in order to move forward? And we got to display love, a godly kind of love. But more importantly, we got to also be open when someone come and talk to us about us how we approach it, how we look at it. It's going to be so important, so critical. No matter what, whenever you find yourselves with family, with loved ones, with friends in a tense situation, remember, that's going to be a space. That's going to be time for you to stop, pause, and find room to breathe. Thank you for joining us this week, and we look forward to seeing you next week. God bless.